Welcome to your best bet podcast. And if you're tuning in or you've been a long time listener here and you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, you're like, wait a minute here. That that voice is familiar, but this is not uh, not the voice I'm used to. But uh, don't fear. Um, this is Johnny Strasser, the uh, regular for the for the golf podcast. I do have Phil Miller here. Now we're we're changing up a little bit. Maybe this is a full-time thing. Maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, without further ado, I do want to uh, to introduce Phil first before we go over what we're going to talk about here, because I did want to ask him something. Um, Phil, first, welcome to your show. And um, I was trying to think about this. If Would I rather watch a football team that has absolutely no chance to score a touchdown against a mediocre team or would I want to watch a football team that can score touchdowns galore against a mediocre team, but has no chance to stop the other team from scoring a touchdown, literally no chance. Which way do you go with that? Yeah, I thought this may come up tonight. I, I was quite confident. Um, by the way, thanks for having me on my show. Um, I I knew this would come up because I was actually thinking about this when um, my team, the Chicago Bears, played the Giants yesterday, and when Tyrod Taylor, the backup, got hurt, and they the Giants just decided to play Saquon Barkley at quarterback for I don't know ten snaps, and they were still getting first downs regularly. I was like, what's what's more embarrassing than this? Like, you know, they can't throw the football, and yet it, they're still getting first downs. But then I, I thought. Well, I don't know. Is is it more embarrassing to give up forty eight points to Geno Smith? Um, is it? I don't know. Um, now I can answer this question easily. I, if I'm going to be bad, yeah, I, I want to score a bunch of points and, and actually have it be entertaining. Because being bad and not being able to move the ball is utterly fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but as you said, I think the last time we we had talked a couple weeks ago that. Uh, if you're if you're bad in the NFL, just be terrible and, and move on. I think there's some expectations with the Lions, which is why it, it it's kind of hard to take. But that was brutal. I did red zone didn't show much of it in the first half, and then it was just it, it was just a bloodbath. That defense is is beyond bad. But you know, it, it's just it completely it opposite opposite ways uh, how the team lost both teams lost, and you know, it's a typical Monday for us. You know, we just uh, coming off of this. Coming off a loss here, but uh, but anyways, we got some stuff we're going to get to this week here. Um, we did not have a show last week, so uh, two weeks ago was the President's Cup. We're going to talk about that. Um, we've got the Sanderson Farm Championship that we had this uh, this last week in Jackson, Mississippi. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to preview the uh, the Shriners Children uh, Open in Las Vegas, and there's probably going to be some live stuff at some point. Who knows? I mean, but. Um, it's just, you know, just like an right? We'll, we'll just we'll just add that you know if if we can there. So, um, President's Cup that was that was a couple weeks ago. We uh, if if you listen to the show, we predicted that it was 
it, it was going to be a bloodbath. I mean, we thought that this would be would be a route. And I mean, after the first two days, it was uh, it was eight to two in favor of the United States team. I mean, they had won uh, what six, seven matches, and they 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 tied two, um, and only lost the one match through the first two days. So at that point, eight to two. I mean, you're looking at this is this is over. It's not even going to be worth it there. And then, and then uh, Saturday was was a definite changing point. I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, they ended up uh, um, on the weekend total. I think they end up winning uh, more points. I think it was ten and a half to nine and a half for Saturday and Sunday, which was which was mm-hmm. quite quite impressive. There. Um, yeah. Just want to get your thoughts overall on what you thought of the event. You know, from start to finish. You know, was there was there something that stood out? Um, you know, just kind of getting what, what, what you think about it. Yeah. I'm on, I'm in the camp where I, I think the following things could be true. The, the, the president's cup may never be very competitive, but it doesn't necessarily mean it can't be compelling. And, um, it was compelling over the weekend. I even found it kind of compelling the first two days. Uh, again, this is, this was an event for the golf hardos, the golf sickos like ourselves. Um, you know, we knew going in that it, it, it could be a potential blowout. It was going to be a likely U.S. win. People like you and I were interested in at least watching from the standpoint of what, what are the U.S. pairings going to look like? Who's going to play well? Um, are there future pairings I can use for the Ryder Cup? How are the rookies going to look? How are the Max Homas going to look? So what the result, regardless, that was still interesting. And just for the the moments, the the Friday night moment with Max as the final group making that putt, you know, you look for moments like that. Can guys guys still thrive under pressure moments like that, um, regardless of what the outcome is going to be? And it, and it gave us all that, and then it gave us a little more, I guess, competition than we expected with uh, the international team making a push uh, Saturday afternoon, and and really. There was like one moment Sunday where you're like, well, if these three matches go the way in in favor of the international team and these two flip, there's a scenario. Now, was it like a 3% chance according to data golf? Yeah, but it felt a little bit stronger than that. I I felt it was a little bit stronger than that. But, um, you know, there was a lot lot of people with ideas of here's how it should change. It it should become a, a mixed a mixed event with, you know, six men, six women. And I don't hate that idea, but I I'm also in the camp that I don't think this needs to change. Um, I, I think, I think it is what it is. It's never going to be the Ryder cup, but it doesn't mean it can't be a fun, compelling event uh, in the off year where the Ryder cup isn't played. I don't know. How did you see it any differently than that? No, I, I like. I, I think you you made a lot of good points there. Um, I was just hoping come the weekend that there would be some relevance. There'd be some reasons to watch watch the event. Um, you know, at first it really wasn't, and then I don't think. Uh, I think I watched a lot of college football um, that Saturday, and then kind of kept my eye on the golf. Kind of didn't, and then saw that there was a bunch of uh, a bunch of matches that they were they were starting to get up in, and they were they were making a run. So it was like okay, you know. And, and you're right. It really wasn't close, but it was closer than I think what everybody expected come Sunday, which was nice to see. And I, I mean, count me in for even the international team doing the the rallies. I mean, you know, Tom Kim was went went you know ape shit you know after making a couple of those putts, and I thought that was awesome. There, I mean, you had it was uh, 
Siwoo Kim, I think, shushing the crowd against uh, against JT, and he got under he got under his skin. I think that was it right there. That that rattled yeah. Thomas a little bit right there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was good. Um, I would like to see it change. I know you said you didn't, but for me, I would I would love to see it uh, move to a uh, where they had the women into the event there. Um, just to, just to change it up because I mean, this is what the 13th, 14th one that they've had and they've had one, they've lost one. And then they've won the U S has won every other, other event there. But, uh, but the hard part with the U S or with the international team, excuse me, is that, yeah, they don't play much together, but also I think that that team has a lot of turnover. It's not like the United States team of the last several years where, you know, you've got that core group of, of guys who are going to be here, you know, every single time there. So I, I did like it. I thought it was pretty interesting. And I, I liked how Trevor Illiman, um, you know, he kind of handled things. Um, he was definitely uh, a good captain, I thought. And and I liked how gracious they were uh, in defeat and, and everything like that. So I think, I think it was a successful week, but, you know, it's just one of those things that it's just hard to really truly get up for because, you kind of, you kind of get the, um, you kind of get the idea that it's, it's not going to change the result, you know, each and every year there. But one thing, um, I, I, I'm wondering though, going forward here, cause I think this Rome Ryder cup is going to be a lot more of a challenge. Cause we've said they, they just don't win on European soil. There is to get that, uh, get those pairings there. And, was there anybody, any of the rookies or any of the the newer guys? I guess not the top, you know, the top six or seven stalwarts that they've got that uh, that you liked or or you you'd love to see on the Ryder Cup team next year. Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is Max because of um, I, I you know two things: how well he played and just his. Uh, Parability and, and chemistry building that he brings to that team. The team's not going to lack for talent. Um, you know, he's still probably the ninth or tenth guy. So, yeah, I, I, it'd be great if Max can play well enough this following year um, to, to make sure he's on that team, whether it's by points or a pick. Um, you know, Cam Young didn't necessarily play great this last week, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago at the President's Cup. That I, I you know, it's it's hard to get twelve guys to play their best golf the whole week, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he and, and of course Salatoris, you know, who qualified missed missed the cup because of an injury. But you know, those two guys, I, and I was looking at this. You know, you just think like, you know, Kisner and Horschel would be the two guys that you would think that are least likely to be on this team, uh, the Ryder Cup team next year. You would think Salatoris would be there, and then and then who knows? But you know. It's 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 likely there's probably one more guy that we're not thinking of whether it's a it's a it's a new injury that comes up or a guy that plays his way off you know it's it it the last uh, Ryder Cup team from 2020 played last year in 2021 it seemed pretty set and then Harris English got hurt Dan Brewer got hurt and those guys just fell off right and then of course COVID or not COVID I'm sorry <laughs> I'm I'm equating COVID with live live with uh with D, with DJ. Um, Brooks and Bryson. So, what I guess my point is, it, it looks like you know there's a set. I guess ten or eleven guys, right? But some something may come up where someone plays their way out of form, and someone we're not even expecting that's off the radar might play great and win three times. 
it's going to be fascinating to see what that's like. But yeah, I think the course set, you know, we're talking about JT, Cantley, Xander, Spieth. Spieth was unbelievable at the President's Cup. Um, you know, those guys are the, the heart and soul of the team. And uh, yeah, 30 years next year um, since the last road win, I feel like they're going to get it done, but I, I also feel like it's not going to be easy. No, I, I, I'm going to be nervous up until that point and and until that last putt and the you know the 15 and a half points or whatever it is to secure is is in there because it's just it's just it's the you know the US on on foreign soil there but if they could keep the the, the core group and they could have everybody healthy who after all this live stuff is is kind of cycled those guys out of the lineups and everything you know we'll the one thing I like, and I'm very, very impressed with these U.S. guys, is just how business-like they are. I've talked about it before, and I'll, I'll echo it again. They, there's not ping pong in the team room. It's just, it's, it's these guys have their business schedules. They got their social media stuff. They got their weightlifting. They've got the, you know, the exercise. They've got the practice, and and they're in there just to, just to win an event or win a match. And and as long as this core group stays, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident, but you know, there, there is just that, that fact there. And I, I still cannot believe 30 years. It's just that I don't think Crazy. I'm going to, yeah. I don't think I'm going to believe that until, you know, un, until they end up breaking this, this record there. So, but yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with, uh, with Jordan Spieth winning all five matches. I mean, yeah, he had, he had uh, JT as his partner and everything, but to, to win that final one there, uh, we had talked about um, Thomas as the leading point scorer, which very well could have. Unfortunately, he did lose his singles match, and I had I actually did bet that and and didn't come away with that. But uh, you know, it was a it was a good event. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think what is it, two years is in Montreal, so it'll probably be yeah. like Davis Love again uh, against Mike against Mike Weir. Mike Weir for um, sure. Yeah, but uh, it should be Weir in Canada. So and then hopefully he'll. I mean, I think I think Emmelman should. I mean, he's earned his chance to have it again. I mean, I thought he was awesome. I mean, and he was, yeah. you know, you know, I obviously wanted the U.S. to win, but I was rooting for the international team to make it interesting and in, in, at times, you know. And yeah. there, he's pretty likable. There were some likable guys on that team. Um, yeah, I, I, the back to the Spieth JT pairing. I mean that that seems set to the end of time. Remember when Reed got really mad when Spieth requested JT, and that looks you know that looks like a pretty good call by those guys now because they look pretty unbeatable. And and I would be clear, I watched a lot of those uh, a lot of their team matches. Spieth was he was the better player. I mean he was there was one yeah. match where he was carrying JT. It wasn't JT's best golf. Um, I, I did agree with the the choice to put him out in. Um, uh, first and singles that that's always a logical choice for the US team. Um yeah, I was impressed to see Will Kim taking him down though. Um and and really really pulling out some some shenanigans with the shushing and uh getting under JT skin and I, I didn't mind it. You either are a JT guy or you're not. We are, but I you know, he could t- I could see how he could totally rub anyone the wrong way us fans included because he's he's kind of got his his stick and uh yeah you know it, it's you know one day you're not giving guys two footers and then the next day you're 
bitching about it. You're making faces about not getting a two and a half footer from Siwoo Kim. You can't really have it both ways, JT. Love you, but um, can't 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 go both ways on it. What about the international team? Was there anyone that you were surprised with their performance? Maybe other than Tom Kim, um, with with how well they played. You know, I I was really kind of impressed with with Cam Davis. I think he should have played more with Adam Scott. I think uh, I think. Immelman, where he did uh, he did struggle, especially with those first couple couple of days. He was just kind of throwing guys together and not going with what was really working. And um, you know, I, he really they really played well that Saturday, and I think they should have yeah. you know kind of gone with that a little bit more. Um, but uh, but he was one guy who I who I liked. The, I'm trying to think, Hideki was a was a pretty big disappointment. Um, even Adam Scott didn't didn't yeah. didn't play that good either. But I, uh, I, I didn't get why. I mean, it's easy to say, uh, you know, hindsight twenty twenty. Why uh, Sebastian Munoz didn't play more? I mean, he's your ultimate yeah. microwave guy, and yeah. yeah, yeah, he might not have it, and you might lose, but he could shoot sixty three. I yeah. mean, we we see it routinely first round leader bets that yeah. we always talk about. So I, I kind of was surprised he didn't play. I, maybe he played three sessions. So I thought maybe at least one more would have made sense. But I mean, he, he, I, they they were so overmatched in talent. The fact that they made it as close as they did was was super impressive. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was. Uh, but we'll see what they. You know, if, if how much the team changes going going in two years. And I think that's going to be the big thing because you're going to have to go against very similar American group, you know, year after year after year. So, but hopefully this, this, uh, you know, he, he can start something because they've done the multiple years for the captains, you know, Nick price was several years Ernie Els did it a few years in a row uh, or a few cups in a row. You got to get that kind of, you know, consistent like that, but yep. not, not bad though. Um, I guess we will talk about Liv for a second. I don't know what to talk about. I didn't even know they were playing this week. Yeah, um, Bang- Bangkok, big Bang- Bangkok events. <laughs> they they changed the team formats to match play. Uh, I don't really get it. Still, I, I, I again, I don't. I, I think it's it's a good idea. Match plays. A, a, it's a nice curveball. Um, just no one. Just no one cares. And, and then you're gonna have like. Charles Howell and whatever the fuck team he plays for, I, I couldn't even tell you playing against like Henny Henny Duplessis and you know someone for the match. I, I don't even get it, but I, I guess my point is good on them for for trying different formats, different things. But there's just really no eyeballs on this thing, and we talked about it the last time. Speaking of eyeballs on it, though, they're going to be paying Fox Sports One. They will be paying Fox Sports yeah. One. Potentially as a telecast golf in 2023. <laughs> Paying. I mean, networks pay hundreds of millions of dollars. Billions to, of dollars, yes. To to broadcast professional sports. And they and all these options that Greg Norman had or said he had, um, they're gonna end up paying money to have it on uh yeah have it on cable there i can't i just can't think that bodes well for the future of the tour right like if you're you're shelling out millions or i don't know how much it would be to to fox sports it just doesn't seem like that's a that's a a viable long-term solution to get your product out there It it is not but i think we've kind of established that this this whole tour this whole thing is not a long 
long-term business decision. They're just trying to get more people watching the event and forgetting that it's the, you know, it's, it's the Saudi government that's, that's running it. So, you know, at this point, I don't, you know, they don't, they don't really care, but it's just, it is kind of weird that they're going to be doing that. Have they, that hasn't been finalized though. So it's still going to be on YouTube supposedly if it's correct. Yeah. That's, that's, that's still a rumor. It hasn't been finalized. Um, that, that might be for the 2023 season. I think there's two or three events left this season. I know, I know they end in a uh, drought uh, for the, I don't, know, I don't know if it's called the tour championship. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, by the way, you, you were just, kind, you were kind of alluding to it though, but that, again, this is, so far, this is successful sports washing. We've because we we're not really talking about the all the all the bad shit, right? Now we're just talking about the problems with the product and and the, and the television and the weird format. So again, this is what sports washing does, and people forget about that. But you know, we're focused on all the semantics of it. So th- this is successful so far. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and they're and and they're doing what they're they're doing, and and I don't know, it's not money well spent, but it's 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 accomplishing the goal that they set forth. So you know, until they decide to pull the plug, and you know, because they don't like what's going on with it, then that's what we're gonna you know continue to see as long as they do it. But uh, um, speaking of eyeballs again, um, you know, <laughs> w- with with Bryce in there. Um, you didn't see? Did you see Sunday when uh, Josh Allen went running off the field? I did. That was good. And they had the, they had the wire, and he kind of covered his eyes there. Br- Bryson, yeah. the guy drives me nuts. Like he did the the long drive competition again. Unbelievably, did he finish second place? Is that what I yeah, saw? He did second place, and this is a PGA Tour guy, a former PGA Tour guy, a professional golfer. These these long drive guys aren't professional golfers. I mean, they're not. They're no. Right. You know, they can hit the ball far, but they're not not any good. Right. This guy took second place, and he's you know at one point was one of the best golfers in the world, and everything like that. And then he, then he posts that really 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 weird tweet. <laughs> I don't even have the quote. I don't even want to read it. But it was basically, I'm not the what was it? I'm not the guy who you think I am. Or he's changed a lot the last. He's year. changed yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah he. Yeah. I think he used that. I think he more used the long drive competition as like a platform just to get a little bit more attention to himself. And it it didn't, it seemed very just weird and half-hearted or created. And it's just another law on the long line of just cringeworthy things. I think that he's, he he's, he's done in his, you know, in his short golfing professional career. Think about how far we've come with Bryson. March 21, March of last year, Bay Hill, when mm. he was probably the most likable he's ever peak been. Bright, peak, that was the most fun to watch. Right. At that like point. it was kind of like, oh, he's, you know, the six hole at Bay Hill, back to back days, trying to hit driver on the green, near the green, whatever, on a par five. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, we're really doing this. At least, you know, he's going for it. I respect that. And, and even last fall at the, the Ryder Cup, like, he mm-hmm. was fun to root for. Like, he was, he was fucking going for it. He was trying to drive the first green. He did in singles on Sunday, and it was awesome. And it's just been like this, this slope, slippery slope downhill, obviously, the lived affection, um, all the injuries, and really just becoming a shell of the player he could have been. Um, you know, it is kind of unfortunate because, like, 
the talent level he had was there. The ambition was there. He probably got in his own way a lot, but you know, I, I there's no doubt in my mind he he could have been on a path to win another major, three, four, who knows? But like he was after he won the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot, I thought, well, he he has a formula, and really there was the case that he could have easily won the 2021 U.S. Open at uh, Torrey Pines. I mean, he self-destructed on the back nine, but he was leading the tournament uh, going into the last nine holes in the tournament before he, he kind of fell apart. Um, but he was, in my mind, I'm like, he's got this U.S. Open fi- formula figured out. I'm going to bomb it, and if I hit in the rough, I don't care because I'm going to be the best player out of the rough, and as long as I have a good putting week, I'm going to be right there. So it's it's unfortunate we're down this path of he's doing long drive contest and and live and and I don't know what his major performance is going to be like in the future. Yeah, five years, he'll be completely irrelevant, which is which sucks because he'll only be in his early 30s, and I'm sure these guys aren't going to be allowed back on the PGA Tour ever. So, you know, once once live, once the Saudis decide that they're done with the golf part of it, you know, and this that dissolves, you know, he's going to be. Like I said, yeah. he's going to be irrelevant. Had a whole career of p- potential lots of success because I think his ceiling was quite high uh, yeah. in the professional golf ranks, and it's 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 done. So live, I mean, live got the villains, right? They got the mm-hmm. villains. The PJ Tour, we you know, we can talk about all the guys and all the guys that stayed. There's not really a villain, you know. We don't talk about JT, Spieth, Rory as villains, but Bryson was, uh, Pat Reed was. Brooks became that. Um, Poulter really wasn't, but American fans kind of, kind of hated him for his Ryder Cup success. So it, it's kind of unfortunate because they took all the villains, and and now we got, you know, someone's going to emerge, maybe you know, to, to fill that role. But it's it's unfortunate you don't have that guy on Sunday. Like fuck Patrick Reed, I'm not rooting for him. Yeah. Anybody yeah. but him, right? So <laughs> it's it be interesting to see how that goes for the tour. Yeah, it, it it will. But uh well moving on though. Um we did have another we had a stroke play tournament. Um it was the was it the, the second or third tournament of the year uh, of the 2022-2023 wraparound season, the, the Sanderson Farm Championship in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh where they give a big chicken as a trophy, which is you know trophy. pretty pretty great there. Um Mackenzie Hughes with his second career win at 31 years old, uh, second career win, wins in a playoff on the second hole with a birdie at, uh, I believe they were 17 under par uh, for the tournament there. Um, Pretty big deal. I did read that um, he was a little bit ticked off or or challenged, I should say, or motivated, whatever it is, by not being picked by uh, Trevor Immelman there for the the international team there. And, uh, and played some good golf there, but, uh, um, he, I was reading, uh, I didn't watch much of the tournament, but I did read some stats there. I think that I got a note here saying on the, the last seven holes, he made four par putts outside of like six feet or something like that. Any range from six feet to whatever to kind of save his round there, which was, uh, I think for the longest time it was looking like Sepp Straka was going to win that. Um, he, he didn't go in as the leader going into the final day. It was, uh, it was Hubbard and, uh, uh, I can't remember who the other guy was in the, in that final pairing there, or was, was Straka maybe was in the final pairing there, but it looked like it was going to be Straka. And then Hughes kind of hung in there, 
hung in there and hung in there and battled. But, uh, you know, you've always been really high on um, uh, two of the Canadians, Corey Connors and uh, and Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I think they're both really, really good players. And I think it's kind of cool. I have always liked, I've always liked Mac a lot. Um, he's, he's had some good finishes, like I said, second career win. And the first win, it came after uh, only five PGA tour events. So he's had a right. little while here since his, his last win there, but what, uh, overall, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on Hughes and the win there? Yeah. Six years between wins, 2016 RSM. Uh, that's, that's pretty incredible. I, I have some reason I didn't realize it was that long. And I, it, it makes me think of, we, you know, we, on this show for a while, we, we talk about the stars. We talk about the superstars quite a bit and, you know, guys with multiple wins per year, you know, all, all this stuff. And, and then you got a guy like Mac Hughes who really fits the profile of, of your typical PGA tour player, one win. And then six years later, he wins again in between that, you know, I can think of a handful of times he's in contention. I, I remember betting him last fall at the RSM when, when, when I was going for my personal three wins in a row with the uh, Hovland, Kokrak, Hughes trio, and, and he finished second. Um, but I remember, I mean, so, but again, my point is there's maybe two times a year he's in contention to win. Maybe. And I was thinking about this today, like a guy like Scotty Scheffler this year, or, regularly Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, like how many times do they have a legitimate chance to win on the back nine in a season? Is it eight, nine, ten? Like Scheffler this year, we know he won four times. I know he finished runner-up to Sam Burns at Colonial. He was in the mix at the U.S. Open. He should have won the Tour Championship. Um, that's seven. Um, there's probably one or two more that he was somewhere, well, the Houston Open in the fall, right? Before he ever won, he should have won. So, I mean, if you think about it, the stars, they might have eight to 10 times a year where they have a legitimate chance to win the back nine. And a guy like Mac Hughes, he probably has like one or two a year. So he's got a better, he's got to fucking take it, right? So good on him for finally getting it done. Um, I just think of him as just a really consistent player, a guy that makes makes a lot of cuts, um, you know, maybe doesn't have the highest, highest ceiling, but a, a decent floor, ridiculously good putter. Um, notoriously the last, I think two years has really been working on his speed. Another one of these guys has been working on, on speed training, um, you know, uh, during the telecast Sunday, they're talking about his fitness, working on his fitness to get stronger speed. Um, he's working on trying to get regularly, uh, 180 ball speed. Um, so he's really trying to get longer. He understands that, um, and combined with his putting, um, yeah, I think, I think he's, He's he's a really good player, and he's kept his card for a while. He's been relevant for a while. I was a little surprised he wasn't on the President's Cup team. Um, big big weekend for President's Cup snubs. Uh, Hughes and then Ryan Fox went in the uh, the, the Dunhill. Um, but yeah, I was happy for for him. I think we're both we both like him as a player. Um, respect his game. So uh, good on him. Go Canada. Yeah, he um, you know has really understood what how you have consistent success on the PGA tour is to hit it long and, and to be a good putter. And, and a lot of the really good players, that's what they do is they, they put the ball good and they, they hit it a mile and they kind of figure out how to get it to the green there in, in between there. And, um, you know, I think he was a pretty average hitter, you know, back in his, in his mid twenties. And, and like you said, he had worked on the fitness part of it, worked on, uh, um, you know, getting the ball speed up. Cause that's just what everybody's going to do these days. And, 
and, and, and it worked out there. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, read some interviews that he had talked to his caddy and never really got flustered, had some bad breaks where he hit the ball in some bunkers and he had a couple that he had hit into the, like the, the, the tall weedy grass, um, but didn't get discouraged on it and just kind of plotted along and just hope that Straka wasn't going to end up running away with it. And and that's what he did. And I mean, he even got up and down from like a hundred feet or something like that from over the green on 18 to right. tie. And then that first playoff hole, he hit it short in the bunker blast out, hit a great bunker shot to five feet and, yeah. you know, five, five feet to, to extend the tournament there. Yeah. Um, is no joke and, and, and made that and then made a, a, an under 10 footers, you know, eight to 10 footer or something like that for, for birdie on the, on the playoff hole. So he really was in control of this game and his emotions when, you know, when, when it's not the easiest to be uh, on a Sunday of a tournament there, like I talked about after um, the city championship, which is not even on the same scale or anything like that, but I felt nervous, at, at, you know, something like that. I couldn't get my emotions and my, my, my feelings, my nerves or, and muscles under control there. And, and he was able to do that. And, and probably those one or two times that he had gotten in contention per year in the last six years, since his last win, you know, um, he'd always struggle with that. So, you know, good, good for him for, for getting that win. You know, he's a guy who I thought would win, you know, a couple few times, uh, throughout his career. So gets the second one there and, uh, you know, pretty good there. Um, any other one guy who I, I, I thought had a, had a, actually had a chance this week was, uh, <laughs> Emiliano Grillo. Don't, 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 I don't think you know how tragic of a story it is. Cause I was waiting to tell it. Good. Oh, no, no. I was actually going to ask you because I didn't know about what happened on the par five there. So the floor <laughs> is yours. I, um, I seriously have no idea. Well, I mean, you know, you, we, we talked about Saturday night who we had. You had you had a stake in Scott Stallings who weirdly flamed out Sunday. And I had a stake in, in, in Grio who was T5. I didn't really have a huge thought that he could make a run, and, and but there he he did. He was four under on the back on the front nine, got himself into contention. He maybe it was, three, it was three under on the on the front nine, but then he made like a sixty foot bomb on ten, birdied the par five eleventh, and he he's tied for the lead. Um, and he's he's ahead of that you know the, the last couple of groups, so I knew he was going to have to make a couple more. He hits it to five feet on twelve, um, and, and <laughs> you know it's it's. It's my my fault for tragically picking the guys that can't putt, that constantly hit it close over and over and over and and just crucially miss five-footers on the final day. But he missed the five-footer on 12 to take the lead outright. I think he parred 13, the par 13. three. Yep, and then he goes to the par four or the par five 14th. And I'm like, okay. 14 is a par five. 15 is a short four. We go birdie, birdie. We'll get to 17 under. Maybe if we just say at 17, we'll, we'll, that's a playoff, which it, it would have been. Um, I know he hit the drive in the rough. He had to lay up, and he was still in the rough. He had, I think he had like 72 yards. And this is – I did see this on the, the, the broadcast. The Bermuda rough um, at that golf course is really thick. Um, it was really tough. I actually enjoyed the, the golf tournament, um, what I saw on Sunday. I had my computer up while I was watching football. Um, I was impressed. It was kind of fun, actually. Um, 
but the rough around the greens was it was really kind of unpredictable and he got in a spot uh where from his third it was kind of fluffy put it into the the, the green side bunker it was uh it was under the lip uh buried so miss hit that out went over the green and then um his fifth shot i think he i think he just uh fluffed it or bladed i can't remember but anyways he had to make a an eight footer for eight um long story short and uh that was the end of Rio. And I was going to, this is going to lead me into my question was, uh, of course I had him at plus 4,000 and um, it was, it was going to be a, a nice little, nice little payday, but I, 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 I didn't really think it was going to happen, but then he, he, they gave you false hope. Right. And you're like, Oh yeah. Oh, what? wait, this guy's, he's so good. Nobody hit the ball better this week than him. But uh, is there a guy that you, that you bet regularly that has let you down? Um, or that I guess which guy that is that has let you down the most? Because for me, it is easily Grio, and I always go back and foreshadowing. And I'll be on him again this week. Wow, that's a for a while. I mean, I never made it as a best bet for a while. It was Russ Henley, and then finally, I was like, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm done with him. Um, right. He's really had, good at that. He is really good at yeah. breaking hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really have anybody that deep in the odds that I consistently bet. Uh, Hideki is the one near the top though, that I'll usually, usually it's Thursday morning when I wake up, I'm like, you know what? I think is today's the day that I'm going to bet Hideki to win forgetting that he has wrist and back issues or something like that, but he's been a guy and now, and now he's paid off. I've, I've bet him to win a couple of times, but you know, there are, it seems like there's always, you know, I think everybody listening to this thing has, has a team or, 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 you know, if they bet golf, there's a golfer, you know, that they, they usually bet. So I'm that, that, that always seems to disappoint them. And Grio is one of them just because, because of that, his putter is just can be just the absolute worst. It can be. He, he, it really, his putting was okay this week. And, and that's why he was in contention. He finally put a good on Sunday. It was, it was around the green. I think he lost two or three around the green Sunday, obviously with, with what happened on 14. Um, but I will be on him again this week. He's been playing great. Um, yeah. This middle of summer until now, he's been, I think he's had two runners up and now a, a fifth this week. So, uh, he he's just it's he's such a good player. I mean, he's such a good iron player. I mean, I would say top twenty iron player in tour, and I mean that might be that might be conservative, really. Yeah. Let's um, let's talk about Seth. Um, I this this guy is just fascinating to me because he just <laughs> he, this is like the third time this year where he just fucking shows up. He wins one of them, and he nearly won the. Uh, St. Jude against Al Torres, and then I'm like, he's he's gonna win again. He's like 24th in the world. Like, what are we doing here, Substraka? I I think he, I don't know. He just he went through such a bad stretch though after he won a Honda. I mean, it was it, it was, was as bad as can be. Yeah. I mean, he was the worst we player were, on tour. We were looking at his odds, and he was, I mean, like 250 flood. to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was bad. You know, like you almost didn't even like. Didn't even think he was on tour anymore. He was that bad. But uh, um, yeah, he's starting to play some decent golf, and, and maybe that's going to, you know, carry over from when he, when he should have won that playoff event, and then and then here, you know, I mean, he played played really good golf. So he's a he's a good player. I mean, drives it well. 
Um, and when he's putting the, putting it well, he's he's gonna make. I think he's gonna make that Ryder Cup team. You know, as long as he doesn't fall yeah. off the face of the earth this next year, then this is when the points get a little bit bigger and everything. But with uh, some of those those Euro guys, um, you know, that are that aren't going to be on the team there, he's going to be one of those ones that's probably the twelfth guy on the team. And and uh, good SEP is is pretty good. The problem is, is you get bad SEP a whole <laughs> well, sure. lot of the time. But uh, this is his fourth uh, fourth top three since he won in. I guess the Honda in February, four four times in the top three. That's that's a pretty high ceiling. Now he might be, he's the opposite of Mac Hughes, like high ceiling, extremely low floor. But maybe maybe that's what you want more volatility. I mean, probably long term, Sepstrak is going to have more wins because of that than than Hughes, who's the more just kind of balanced, consistent player. I would think. Wouldn't you think that bear out that way? Yeah, because. I mean, we, we follow Pat Mayo on, on Twitter and he's, he's, he's on Si Kim a lot of the time, but he's like, you just got to ride the Si train. You're going to get the highs. You're going to get the lows. And mm-hmm. maybe Sepstrak is becoming another one of those guys that, you know, if he jumps down to like, you know, hundred to one odds, you, you just, you throw a couple bucks on him or whatever a, a percentage of a bet. And then, you know, right. you take that chance that he, he could end up winning it, but you just got to be okay with, him being terrible. Well, I wonder. I I, I heard um, Scott Sollins talking about this on, on on one of the No Laying Up podcasts he was on about he he decided going into this year the start of the the I guess started last season now um, the twenty one twenty two season that he was gonna he was gonna really focus on just playing more aggressive and he would understand that he missed more cuts but when he was on his peak weeks he was gonna have more chances to win and it. And it it kind of turned out that way for him. He had a great season and we know he pushed it uh, kind of turn on late and uh, the FedEx cup playoffs. I, I wonder if that's, that's a bit of a turn from what's been on tour the last 10, 15, 20 years, the Charles Howells of the world where they don't win they make a lot of money, but they don't ever win versus, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play aggressive as hell and I might miss two cuts in a row, but that third week when, you know, when those, those iron shots are on, I'm, I'm going to finish in the top 10 and make a bunch of money. Might be a departure of, of thinking than, than we've had the previous 20 years on tour. I don't know. We are, we are seeing, we are seeing the results. This is the tiger generation. The, 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 the kids who, who grew up when he first, you know, first made it on tour. Tiger was was that same aggressive, you know, aggressive way. He was going to win the golf tournament. Now, Tiger was so freakishly good that he just contended every single week, right. you know, and and literally never missed the cut. Right. But yeah, these guys, you know, I they they can they make a lot of money with endorsements. They make a lot of money finishing high at PGA Tour events because because the purses are higher and everything like that. So, you know, I, I think you're seeing this new 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 brand that has that same type of of, of win first rather than you know high finish and you're right is they want to they want to raise that ceiling of of uh you know of expectations and and of maxed out on how they can play now that does remi- you know that makes it a lower floor so yeah you're going to miss the cut but you know if you if you miss three more cuts in the season but you have two or three more top 10s um, or top fives or whatever it is, the payout on these events is so incredibly high that it's like, it's, it's worth it. 
Plus, I mean, the glory of, of winning these events. So that's a good point there. And that's a great point by, by Scott Stallings to say that because I think to win these events now on the PGA Tour is so hard because these guys are so good and, and the, the good ones or the great golfers are so great that you have got to be your absolute best. And, and we used to talk about like guys who couldn't win a major. Now it's if you're not good enough, I mean, you can't win a PGA tour event if you're not at your best, you know, week yeah. in, week out. So interesting thought there. That's, that's, I think I've noticed that more because I've seen more guys, you know, now that we bet and we want to see if they make the cut. So Fridays, you're usually looking who missed and who made the cut and you're like, Oh, this guy should have made the cut easily. Well, you know, they're probably working towards that, getting that peak level of performance. Cause they, they want to win the golf tournament. They're not looking to finish right. 25th place. So exactly. interesting there. Um, nothing. I don't have anything to add other than uh, uh, Dean Burmeister, who uh, is a very interesting uh, addition there. I think he got his PGA Tour card. This guy in the DP World Tour would would dominate the South African events. He is South African, but they always make a, a you yeah. know, it's December, January, something like that. They make a, a stop at several events there. And I can always remember watching the Euro Tour events. Um, and him being top five, like every single time. And I think I actually top 10 bet him a couple times at random on those events and cashed out just about every single time. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, anything you got from, uh, from Sanderson before we move on? Uh, Taylor Montgomery, another top 10. Um, he's um, seems to be kind of a machine right now. Um, he, you know, one of the, one of the corn fairy, Grads, great player last season on that tour. Two top tens to start this year. Um, I guess it bears to be seen if he can if he can win or if he's just going to finish well week to week. But um, worth worth following him. Um, disappointment in Davis Riley, first round leader. Um, I, I was pretty high on him. I know you were as well. Um, kind of flamed out weekends. Uh, really poor driving by him, uh, which is odd because his golf swing is amazing. And he's a great ball striker. Um, he is in the field this week again, but I don't know if I feel great about going back to him with uh, him really struggling with the driver. Other than that, I really don't have uh, anything. I know Sam Burns was in the field this week, and I'm sure he was exhausted after the President's Cup. T30th there. Um, that's it. That's all I have from, uh, from, uh, the rooster tournament. All right. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. This one, this is one of my, this is, I, I like this off season event. This is, this is my, probably my favorite of the, of the quote unquote silly that's, season. Or I was going to ask you if you had a favorite of the fall season. This, this one, is it. Okay. this is it. It was the shark shootout, but ever since it took them <laughs> out of it, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Shriners Children Open. Um, played at uh, TPC Summerlin just outside of Las Vegas. Um, I have pl- uh, I have been lucky to have played this golf course uh, probably a dozen times. Um, good friend of mine, Rich Morgan, uh, one of the best dudes out there, um, was a, an assistant pro out there for a number of years. So we, uh, wife and I, we would fly out there and we'd rent a car. We'd stay with them at their house and he'd get me on there a couple times. Usually uh, met Bob may out there. Uh, one time. I always forgot that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Vegas Bob guy. May. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas guy. Yeah. He, yeah. A couple other, couple other guys, you know, who were, were kind of journeymen and everything like that, but, but uh, TPC Summerlin um, golf course 
is it's it's like a Parkland style. It's seventy two hundred yards, par seventy one. It's at elevation, so the, you gain about ten or fifteen percent. And I can confirm that the elevation does make a difference there because I felt pretty good about myself when I played it. But uh, um, typically, Vegas golf courses are hilly with a lot of rock rock outcroppings and views of the the strip from wherever you play because Vegas is in a valley. Um, this one is not, it's more, it's got a lot more grass. Now it does have the desert area. So it is pretty cool to watch because you got the green grass, you got the brown, uh, desert there, but not, a, not that much of it comes into play. Um, they redid the fairways and greens this, uh, this spring or actually it was this summer because it got so, so hot out there that it killed the grass. So they've redone it. Um, Greens usually roll at like an 11 and a half to 12 and a half on the stimp. They said this week they're going to be a little bit slower just because they can't cut them and roll them that short. So they're going to be rolling at about an 11, but they've always rolled pure before. I have no doubt that they'll, they'll be the same there. Um, golf course, you don't have to hit it that long, um, but you just have to make a billion birdies. Um, if it's, if the wind's not blowing, um, you know, usually somewhere in the 20 unders, wins it. So you're going to have to make 25, 26 birdies in, in, in 72 holes. So, um, I like guys that, that make a lot of birdies that, that could get the ball in play. And it's just going to be, end up kind of being a putting contest. Who's, who's, who's going to make uh, a lot of putts there last year, uh, defending champion Sanjay M won it. Uh, he ended up winning going away one by four yeah, shots That's right. Uh, at 21 under par, uh, hit 62 of 72 greens, that week, which is pretty good. I think, I think that gives you a, a lot of birdie putts there. So, um, what, uh, what are some facets of the game that you'll be looking at or what kind of player are you looking for to have success here? Yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, uh, scoring. I, I remember the one year Cantley got his first win. It was like, insanely windy i think 2017 i think it was like nine or ten under he won it but that's that's an anomaly it's usually 20 plus um yeah i i don't really have much to add other than i'm i'm looking at um guys with that are that are excelling with their irons from 125 to 175 specifically on the on those approach shots um and uh like you said it well and john rom has said it well in the past i think it's going to be a fucking putting contest week fucking um, putting contest <laughs> or piece of shits fucking putting contest week, shit, to, be, to be clear um to quote john rom back in uh back at back palm springs in january um so yeah i, I i'm looking at that and i'm looking at guys that have had good form so far in the fall either at Fortnite or um uh sanderson last week so i i i prefer the guys that have played a little bit i don't i i you know i know maybe you know sunjay didn't play last week but he played the president's cup a couple weeks ago same with cantley so i mean of course you would think that those guys are going to play great this week but um i'll be looking farther down the board but yeah the basically birdie makers um, maybe, you know, I bent grass greens, right? So guys that if you wanted to go deep, deep into the stats, look at, look at guys that might be, uh, have bent grass as their best putting surface, but I don't expect any hardos to be looking at those kind of stats like we are. No. And, and 
No, it's not usually windy as windy this time as it is in the springtime. So this is usually you and I have, well, you and I went to uh, Las Vegas yeah. and played one of the golf courses. We did catch a windy day. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was blowing. Right. We did not play this golf course. We played another really nice one in that area there, but uh, uh, yeah, if it's calm, you know, we should see a whole bunch of birdies and uh, should be a good time there. So um, looking at the odds, um, and as always check your other, check your books and find the best number because these numbers here, um, are, are a little bit, a little bit surprising. DraftKings is usually real tough at the top of the board there, but, uh, um, looking at the board, we got Pat Cantley at six to one right now, Sunjay defending champion at nine to one. And I know you can get him at a better number cause I did look Max Homa, um, 14 to one, Aaron Wise, 18 to one. Tom Kim, who we talked about at 22 to one. So those five guys, is there, is there a number that, that, uh, or a guy that you like at that number that jumps out at you? Uh, yeah, none of them actually. Um, Tom Kim was at 35 this morning on DraftKings when it opened. I think if you got Tom Kim at 35, I think that's a, it's a viable number on him as it stands right now. Um, and I haven't looked at all the odds on all the other books. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Tom Kim under thirty to one. Um, I I love Aaron Wise. I think you like Aaron Wise. I don't. I, I can't bet Aaron Wise at eighteen to one to win a golf tournament with with some pretty good players around him. I so I I think this whole range is a pass for me. And I, you know we mentioned Cantlay and M. Obviously, Homa has a great form. I I just again it's like I, I always think of this like law of averages like. Homa can't he can't keep up that pace of winning. It's it's an uh, as much as we love him, it's an unsustainable pace that he's been on um, since the start of 2021. I mean, he's won 10 percent of his golf tournaments. Um, that that's in like the Rory DJ JT range, and and I I, I just don't think he's that type of that he's not in that class of player. I just want to be clear, but I so I just don't think he can keep up the pace. So I I can't take Max at 14 to. No, I, I agree with you there. I, I don't like any of these numbers here. I, I don't mind some of the players. Like I, I wrote some names down without looking at the odds just to see of just guys I liked this week. And I I do like Aaron Wise this week uh, quite a bit of, of all the guys in that group. So um, for him, I'll probably be looking at something if I can get him in, in a good matchup. Uh, is to win the 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 one on one tournament full tournament matchup, but eighteen to one is just ridiculous. It's just absolutely like it had to have been a, almost a misprint. And I bet you could find him closer to twenty five to one on another book at 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 worst, right? If not more than that. Now, and, and, I, I I I do want to be clear. I think Aaron Wise has a chance at the Ryder Cup team next year. I, I think I, he's I think he's one of those guys. I think he's his ball striking is elite and. The putter got a lot better last year. He had some really nice events. Um, now I think he's just got to kind of play a little bit more consistent and find a win or two. But I, I think he can be right there as far, at least in consideration for a pick. He he reminds me a lot of what Harris English did, mm. of what Aaron Wise could do. Is English was basically off the tour. He he started out okay and then bas- yeah. pretty much almost lost his card end up getting lucky and getting into the tournament of champions with the COVID year won that. And then, you know, one, won some other times there and just got hot and you're right. Wise, wise's putting has 
consistently gotten better. He's using the same putter. Um, and, and that can only generally, if he feels comfortable with it, you know, he could, he could definitely, um, you know, do some stuff. So yeah, he, I, I like him the most out of that. I just don't like that number. I just don't feel comfortable enough, um, anywhere close to it really. Um, but I do think he's going to have a good week here and he's had some success at this event. He's a West coast guy, went right. to Oregon. So, you know, um, what, you know, if, get what, that, if, what if you could get him at 31? I'd, I'd bet him then. That's, that's what he is on FanDuel right now. FanDuel? Okay. Yeah. After uh, after we get done with this, I'll probably bet <laughs> on FanDuel just, just before that number shrinks. So that's that's what I was thinking. 25 wouldn't be enough, but, but 31 there. So yeah. um, moving down the board here, starting at 35 to 1, Taylor Montgomery, who we talked about, Cam Davis, who we said uh, was pretty impressive in the uh, President's Cup there, uh, Brian Harmon at 40 to 1, Davis Riley at 50, Pendrith, the Zayden who Keith Mitchell, Alex Noren, Adam Hadwin, Mito, and Emiliano Grio at 50 to 1. There's got to be a couple names there and a couple values that you like, right? Yeah, I mentioned Grio. Um, I will I will take another uh, swing at him. And, uh, you know, it's it's inevitable probably what will happen, but um, I, I'll, I'm a sucker. Um, I do like I do like Cam Davis. That's probably where I would start in this range or actually, you know, if, if I do bet wise, it would probably be at 31, but if I pass on him, it'll start up to Cam Davis at, at 4,000. Um, we know he got the one win last year at the rocket mortgage at, um, uh, up in Detroit. Um, I just think he's become a really nice player. Um, Bent grass greens. I saw kind of look at the stats today or usually his best surface. Um, he's, able to keep up in a birdie fest, which this probably will be. Um, he lights up the par fives. Um, he is very long off the tee, should have a ton of wedge opportunities. Um, and I think he's kind of feeling himself after after the President's Cup. So I'm, I'm all on Cam Davis this week. Cam Davis, I think, is going to be a great pick. I think he's going to play well. I did actually bet Griot today. I was ready for the pain. So I saw him yeah, at 50. Yeah. It's like 50 to 1. I feel I feel okay with that. I can throw a little bit on him. It seems like a really nice number, right? It, How well he's been playing. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, like you said, he was he was the best ball striker uh, mm-hmm. this last week. So you know, you just you just gotta gotta run into a a good putting week, and and you know, he may never do that, but we're gonna we're gonna hope it's gonna be this week. So I didn't yeah. I didn't invest too much in him, so it's one of those ones that it's like yeah, you know, yeah. but uh, some some decent names here. Um, I don't like the win bet on Adam Hadwin, but the guy has finished top five, I think a couple times in the last few years here at this event. So Adam Hadwin likes the golf course. Um, form isn't the best, but you know, something in a, probably a top 20 bet. I think you could probably get on like a plus 200, you know, something like that. Just, just for some plus money there, maybe a top 10 um, for him. I like that. Um, Again, a name I like, but I don't like the number is Brian Harmon. I, I think this is a good golf course for him. And I think, uh, um, I don't know how much history he's got at this place, but, uh, you know, he's a good putter. Good uh, length isn't over uh, an overly big uh, um, thing with this, with this place. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bet him uh, probably a top 10. He's looking at plus 350. So, I, I expect him to play well, and and there's some good numbers out there. But uh, moving down the list here at uh, 5,500 and more, we've got uh, 
Tom Hoagie, Siwoo, Thomas Dietrich, who played well last week, uh, Seamus Power, Put- uh, Putnam, Ricky Fowler is has entered the uh, under 100 to 1 chat here. Uh, Danny McCarthy, Taylor Moore at 6,500, KH Lee, JT Poston, Mav McNeely, my guy Dean Burmeester. <laughs> at sixty five hundred to one. So, other uh, than Dean Burmeester, who who uh, who do you like here? Under seventy there. Stop under 70. seventy. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. You know, I Denny McCarthy, but probably not. I, I don't. I, I looked at his numbers, and he's he's not putting ridiculous. Then I. I, I it's his ball striking usually has a lot to be desired, even though he had a lot of good flashes this year. So I would, I'd be interested somewhat, but I'll probably end up passing. Uh, yeah. D three played really well for most of, of last weekend. Um, gosh, JT Poston at 65. Um, I mean, he was really good last year and I, I know he didn't play well last, last week, missed the cut, but I, I did see he got, got married the week before um, and uh, the Twitter rumors were pretty heavy that he went pretty hard at his bachelor party. So maybe we give him a pass for last week. Uh, a life happens sort of thing. And uh, seems like a good bounce back and a, a, a winner from, from the summer. Um, I think he had the runner up the week before that as well. So give me JT posted just based on the value, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually thinking Poston as well. I, I don't know. I actually bet him in a, in a make the cut parlay uh, on FanDuel and didn't I didn't hear about that. I was like, why did he play so poorly on Thursday? He did he did play much better on Friday, so maybe yeah. maybe uh, got a few more reps in and hopefully got some practice in and you know back to back to form there. But yeah, he's one of those guys who can who can absolutely go deep makes a bunch of birdies and he, you know, he's not only good for a, you know, a top finish or even a little bit of win bet. You could throw him first round lead if he's got a morning tea time and mm-hmm. have him go out there and shoot 62 and, and, and you know, and see what happens there. So fantastic he, he, putter. Yeah. The whole thing. He, he's a guy like, I, I really want, this is a Denny McCarthy golf course if there ever was one, but you're right. There's just, I, I looked at how he'd been playing and, it just yeah. you know there's there's nothing there, there's nothing i want to uh that it makes me really want to bet him or anything like that yeah yeah so as my computer freezes i'm going to go ahead and bring up on my phone here and i'm just going to try to make uh make some small talk here as uh as we get this going here so i do see but here that we've got uh 7000 or more we got matt kuchar who Zach would bet him already if he hasn't absolutely so we got yeah. him at 7500 uh uh who we got here herbert kirk ryan palmer gary woodland nick taylor nick hardy matthew neesmith mark hubbard who uh had the the lead last week kirk kitayama and jj spawn any of those guys mm. uh yep i made uh my first bet of the week this morning was nick hardy um i bet him last Damn. week um you on him as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude finished fifth last week. Um, I mean, I, I, I was a little surprised he's this low, to be honest with you. Um, 
he's really starting to find his his game um, uh, in the kind of late summer. Saw him flash at the U.S. Open. Um, you know, really had some nice finishes on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, and and last week for a moment on Saturday, he was he was right there. Um, and I guess the number that that really mattered to me was first approach last week. Um, so best iron player, even over Grio um, in the field at Sanderson. So eighty to one, absolutely uh, all over Nick Hardy. Um, shocked some of these guys are ahead of him based on his recent play. Yeah, I, I only picked the one guy out of that, and that was Nick Hardy. I mean, like you said, he played well last week, and I, I think he's just knocking on the door for a win. Um, I'll have him probably on a win bet, but I might look at, uh, I mean, pl- plus 900 on a top 10 is, is so good. That's it's so good. good on a guy who played really, really good. So yep. that's something I like there. Um, so anybody else, I know I missed a couple plus 9,000s, but anybody in yep. the uh, 100 to 1 and and lower that uh, that jumped out at you? Um, are we are we past the Chris Gatter up, like, that are we over that experiment until we see it? I, I think we have to be. Yeah. I I, I, so. I think I mean hundred to one's not or thirteen hundred and thirty to one isn't bad, but he I mean he's gotta gotta have like a top ten or he's gotta okay. be in contention, don't you think, before you can look at him winning. I would think the, so. Yeah. The talent's there. It's just it's just putting it all together and and you know having a good week there. Yeah. Um yeah a couple names um, uh, Russell Knox, <laughs> 130 to one. Um, he, I think he topped 25 to last week. Um, seventh in approach last week. Uh, you, if you're talking about an iron game, he's there, but usually the putter will, will be bulky enough. So probably can't trust him to win a tournament. Plus 900 for a top 10. I like that. Um, Grayson Sig played really well last week as well. He's the guy that um, has won Corn Ferry events going really low. Um, so he, he has in him to go low, also 130 to 1. Um, I'll probably come back. I'd have to look at it a little closer and see what the numbers are, but Brandon Wu um, at 150. Um, Stanford kid just seems like he's kind of kind of on the edge of, of something with his game. So I, you know, again, we're talking about the ceiling. I always talk about the ceiling with these players down here. Um, and probably the last player would be Davis Thompson at 150. Okay. You t- that was, again, that was one of my, I bet Davis Thompson last week. Right. Uh, and it, both of Davis, Davis Riley and Thompson. I, I think Thompson, I, I love Riley, but Thompson I really like as well. And I see there's a lot of potential in that. And I think he's going to be a tour winner at some point. I'm just hoping it's going to be soon. Um, great number on him. I mean, I'd bet him to win it and I'll probably throw a couple bucks on it, but you know, like I, like I always like the, the top tens and top twenties um, him and, and Austin Ekro, Um Yep. He's been playing pretty good this fall, and um, I haven't. I can't remember what his recent form was, um, but he had a good finish. I think he played good at Fortnite, where he I, finished I top so. twenty or top twenty-five or something like that. So, yeah. those were the two there. We could very well see one of these guys jump up and 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 win this event because I mean, there legitimately could be a hundred guys that could win as opposed to some of these, these events in the, in the winter and the, the yep. spring where you're looking at maybe 
15 to 20. So there's, there's some names there. I mean, you just look at dudes and I'm not saying I'm going to bet these guys, but you just got guys like Robert Streb or Nate Lashley who, you know, battle to make the cut and then they'll end up, you know, you know, coming close there. But uh, there's, there's a couple names. I just, Listen, we're 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 in the vicinity where Robert Streb's going to do some shit. It's going to he it's when you least expect you're like is Robert Streb still alive? Did something happen to him and then the next week he wins the golf well, tournament. Yeah, That's I think he peaks he, he peaks at RSM. So we're getting That's pretty true. close to that time. So he's kind of that game is is trending upward there, but uh yes. But now yeah. I uh, maybe there might be some gold I might throw out there for a best bet here, but uh there's it's just weird looking at the the field, and I know this happens week to week. But now that you get the corn fairy guys up there, some of these yes. guys like I've never even heard of. I, you like, have to, you do have to kind of re retrain your brain. Uh, some of these guys, like Harry Hall, is someone that is. That's got, a good pick. He's got something. Yeah, a, you know, a two hundred to one had had some really nice success on the corn fairy. I, I don't know. You know, I think he finished top twenty at this last year. Did he? Okay. So he's got yeah. some course history. But. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know the guys that we're talking about more, like the Taylor Montgomerys, you know the Nick Hardys. But there's a lot of guys down here that we're we're good on the, the Corn Ferry Tour that have the ability to flash. It's just trying to trying to figure out when that's going to be and you know what's what's the course fit for them. Uh, I don't know their games as well as as like a Montgomery, but you know we'll get there. We will get yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say. You know, tread lightly with your bets. You know, obviously there's football going on all weekend long, so that's probably where most of the the, the financial allocations are going. But uh, it's always good right, that if you sure. can if you can throw invest a little bit in the golf in the off season. Hopefully we'll find we'll find somebody here. But anything else you got to add? I, I don't. Yeah, I mean we we had our most success last fall um, from, from the entire season, um, and uh, I, I know Fortnite didn't work out so. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can we can find a winner this week, and, and if not, a couple couple top tens, top twenties. Um, I I like the fall. I actually kind of love it more than like the middle of summer. I I don't know why. I, I kind of like a lot of these events. I like this event. I really like uh, the Fortnite. Um, you know, I like RSM. So I, I I like the Houston Open. I like that that golf course they played in Houston. Um, I, I like a lot of these events. I I won't lie. I like the fall. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff and. Uh... Hopefully we'll uh, accompany some winners like we did last year. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Phil, I appreciate you uh, joining me on the show today. Um, you did great. You did well. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I finally i've been i've been i've been worried about this all day long. So <laughs> it's good to good to get that that off my shoulders here and uh, the first one as host in the books there. But, but uh, your best bet podcast, check us out. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're going to post some pics here uh, on Wednesday. So everybody, best of luck on your bets here, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>